Good morning. God is good. Amen. God is good all the time. Okay. Are you ready to listen to the word of God this morning? Do you have your Bibles with you? Please open it in the book of Psalm 19. Shall we stand up please as we read these verses in Psalm 19? We'll read from verse 7 up to verse 14. Okay, uh, shall we read it all together, please, from 7 to 14? Let's start. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping in them there is great reward. Who can understand these errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from all the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength. And my Redeemer. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, O oh God, we praise you and thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you, God, that we can see the sun shine this, this morning. Thank you for all the people who have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, use me today to preach your word. That uh, your word will be preached according to your will to the hearts and minds of these people, Lord. I ask, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. You know, our theme this year is Explore the Word. So we need to explore the word, the Bible. That's the word, it's the Bible, right? So, uh, the title of my message today is, What's on your mind? <laughs> What's on your mind? It is a familiar uh, phrase, right? You know that. And today I want to encourage you to fill your mind with truth by meditating on the word of God. And when we fill our minds with the truth of the Word of God, our lives will be transformed. And we can glorify the Lord when we are filled with the Word of God. Amen? 
Then you know what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You see? With all thy mind. So, <clears throat> it's important that we love Him also with all thy mind, with all our mind. To find out what it says about our mind, it is important to explore the Word of God. The Bible. The Bible. How do we explore? By reading the Word, by memorizing it, by studying it, by meditating, by obeying, by applying it, and practicing it in our lives, right? By the way, are you attending the WBF Bible study? I don't know who are attending, <coughs> but uh, we are in uh, Mississauga Central, and uh, it's good to study, to study the Word of God and fellowship with your fellow believer, believers, right? And if you're not attending, you know, you start attending this week, and you will grow in your Christian life. You know, you have missed a lot if you have. If you are not attending this uh, Bible study. We have also a school here in our church. Do you know that? We have the FBI. FBI is Faith Bible Institute. And we have students here who are, there are 22 students this semester. I, I want to recognize those students. Please stand up if you will, please. Students are of the student of the FBI. Okay, let's sit down. Thank you. You know, you can ask those students, you know, about uh, FBI, and if you want to enroll in this course, you know, it will help you study thoroughly about the Bible. We study the Bible in a chronological sequence. Okay, so it's good to study that. Uh, uh, it's good to enroll in that course. And I guarantee you will love it. You have a weekly revival, and it will grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, in my defined Bible, the King James Version, I would like to read uh, the about the Word of God here. It's... Uh, it's uh, and, uh, and the page before Genesis. It says here, the word of God. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. And histories are true. And its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. And practice it. To be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here paradise is restored, heaven opened, and hell disclosed. The Lord Jesus Christ, it is grand object, our good, its design, and the glory of God its end. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. 
Little feel the memory. Rule the heart and guide the feet. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be opened in the judgment, and remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the highest labor, and will condemn all who will trifle with its sacred contents. So, author is unknown. Okay? So, the other name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they call it the Word. Amen? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1.1. Okay? And the Word, when you read it further, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, remember the authority is in the Word. So, today many people take verses out of their context and not the world. And the world will say the Bible supports the things that the Bible does not support. For example, they will, they will look at slavery and polygamy. And they will see, see, it's in the Bible. That means the Bible supports it. You know, we can see, we can read that many, you know, Hebrew fathers there, they have many wives like that. And that's the people in the world think. What we learn from the Old Testament is for our example, right? That we may learn from them. So the people in the Bible were also sinners like us, like us. And the Bible records their sins and their bad choices they made. But that doesn't mean the Bible condones it. For example, when they have many wives, they have many concubines. So when the people misinterpret the Bible, it's because they are taking the verses out of context. Do you know that there is a golden rule of Bible interpretation? You know, if you have a defined King James Bible, also it's there in the, the book, in the page, one of the pages. It is, it is this. When the plain sense of scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. Therefore, take every word in its primary, ordinary, usual, literal meaning. Unless the facts of the immediate context studied in the light of the related passages and axiomatic and fundamental truths indicate clearly otherwise. You see? You know, the Bible interprets itself. See? Uh, and the verse, I think it's in Peter, it says that uh, the Bible should not be interpreted privately and in private interpretation. For the word came not in the old time by the will of, not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. See? So God, in revealing, so when you study the word of God, you have to study, like, who is the writer? To whom it is addressed to? And what were the conditions of the time period? So God, in revealing his word, never intends or permits the reader to be confused 
Amen? He wants his children to understand his word. That's why if you want wisdom, you know, you ask from God. Amen? They said, knowledge is given, but wisdom... Uh, knowledge, you need to learn to get knowledge, but wisdom is given. You just ask from God. So God is the creator of our mind. And He wants our mind to be filled with His Word. So what's on your mind today? Maybe you're thinking that uh, you want to be happy. You know? People want to be happy. Amen? And the Word today tells us that if you want to have for an hour, just eat steak. If you want to be happy in one day, they said, play golf. And if you want to be happy in a, in a week, for a week, for a week, take a cruise. And if you want to be happy in one month, buy a new car. And if you want to be happy in one year, win a lottery. You know, but the Word of God says, if you want to be happy for a lifetime, have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and live your life for Him. Amen? That's a lifetime happiness. So God is the creator of mind. And each individual is the most intricate of all creation. In a split second of time between uh, temptation and response, our minds have the ability to make a choice. See? When God created man, He gave him a free will, right? Uh, Miriam Webster defined free will. It says, freedom of humans to make choices that are not determined by prior causes or by divine intervention. And one of the best English words in the English language is a choice, you know. Also, maybe a scary word. You know, we have to make a choice every moment, every day of our lives, right? But God has placed boundaries on your mind, your knowledge and understanding. Do you find yourself trusting your logic, your limited mind instead of God's omniscience? And there are only two choices on the shelf. One is pleasing God. The other is pleasing self. Okay? So, there are always two choices in this world. You know, you choose either heaven or hell. Life or death. Good or evil. Taking or giving. Blessing or cursing. Yes or no. True or false. Right? To be proud or to be humble. To do or not to do. And others, right? There are only two choices. I heard someone say, there are two classes of people also in this world. The saints and the ants. <laughs> Which class are you? <laughs> Which one are you? If you are not saved, you have a choice to make. Whether to accept Christ or reject Christ. If you are saved today, you have also a choice to make. 
Do you just want a fire escape salvation? Or do you want a fully committed life to God? And there are many believers who just got saved, but did not grow in their spiritual life. Romans 12, 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So today I want to talk about how to be fully committed to God, sorry, by renewing our minds. What is in your mind today? Are you thinking of evil thoughts, jealous thoughts, envious thoughts? To renew our minds, we must confess your sin and forsake evil. Confess your sin and forsake evil. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. In Psalm 119, 36 to 37. Incline mine heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eye from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. You know, conviction is no fun. But when God's word speaks, don't rebel. The worst thing that could happen to you is when that still small voice goes silent. Conviction from the Holy Spirit can be uncomfortable, but when God's word speaks, listen. Amen? You need to listen. And Daniel Webster uh, said, The greatest thought that can occupy a man's mind is accountability to God. Because, you know, Hebrews 9.27, it says, As it is appointed unto man wants to die after this the judgment. Right? So no matter who you are or what you have done, whether saved or lost, you will meet God. You will meet God. And Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 13 to 14, this is written by the wisest man on earth. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. Okay? So, since we cannot wash our minds out with soap, how we cleanse our mind? The Bible in John 15:3 it says now ye are clean through the word you see which i have spoken unto you in Psalm 119 verse 9 the psalmist says wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word see because the way you think Affects the way you live. Wrong thinking of the past needs to be replaced by right thinking. In our Bible study this week, we learn about that called the replacement theory. You know, you may want to forget and forsake your sin, but you struggle because you're always thinking about it. How can you forget it? 
Here is an example from our Bible study this week. Uh, it says, think of the number eight. Do you have it in your brain? Think about its shape. Think of a snowman. The eight ball and a pool table. A B8 drink. Eight is a beautiful, beautiful number, isn't it? Now, try to forget it. Stop thinking about number eight. Erase it in your mind. Don't, th- don't think of its shape or the amount of which it stands, for which it stands. Repent of the number eight. You can't do it, don't you? Because it sticks in your mind. And the more you try to forget the number eight, the more it's there. See? So, the same is true of a sinful thought. The The more you focus on repenting of a sinful thought, the harder is to put it off. Now try this. Thinking of the number 100. And add four to it. Subtract 14 from it. Divide it by three. Add 20, multiply it by 2, and then subtract 99. So did you think that of that other number during that little sequence? You shouldn't have, because you should have the number 1 in your mind right now. So it's hard to get rid of sinful thoughts by focusing on them. So you must replace these thoughts by thinking things that, what the Bible says, things that are true, things that are just, Things that are honest, things that are pure, lovely, and have a good report. Right? So, that's what we learned from our WBF this week. You should, should, you should also attend it. Amen? Maybe you're thinking about faithless thoughts, envious thoughts, and jealous thoughts. And there are verses in the Word of God that would help you overcome them. Meditate on these words and memorize them. Do you know there are two kinds of sin? You know, there are lots of sin, but generally there are only two kinds of sin. The sin of commission and the sin of omission. Okay? And many people think it is a sin, sin is just doing the wrong thing. Okay? So this is called the sin of omission. The sin, the sin that is, you know, for example, you know what you should, you know, the sin of omission is, means uh, you do not do what you should do, right? Like, bring your tithes. But if you do not bring your tithes, that's a sin of omission. Now, uh, you uh, you are also able to help someone, but you choose not to, you see. On the other hand, sin of commission are things that you should not do, but you did it anyway. Example, Thou shalt not build for, thou shalt not bear false witness. But when you lie or gossip, you know, you are committing a sin of commission, right? And many people confess, confess their sin of commission, but they don't confess their sin of omission. They forget it. Okay? Now, there are also verses about sin of omission. James 4.17 Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And Luke 13.3 It says here, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. So, 
if you are not saved, you know, he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So in order to get saved, you need to repent. So, if you don't repent, that is omission. You know you should do it, but you don't. And if you don't want to be saved, you don't do anything. Don't do anything. And that is the sin of omission. So every time you hear God's word expanded, whether through preaching or teaching, you should pray beforehand that God will open your heart and mind to the truth He wants you to hear. Amen? And be encouraged as God will answer His prayer and reveal to you the truths and principles He wants applied to your life. Second. Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, the Bible says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, after you confess your sin and forsake evil, next you must guard your mind. Amen? Guard your mind. This is part of spiritual growth. First, we repent of our sin and trust Jesus Christ. That is salvation, right? Then we must guard our minds and fill it with the truth every day so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the process of sanctification. Amen? So, number two, guard your mind. A lazy person tempts the devil to tempt him, you know? So, according to 1 Timothy 4.13, we are to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and doctrine. So, we need to give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And you need the exhortation of God's word to stir you up to the truth. Jesus said in his prayer, Jesus Christ said in his prayer, in John 17, that's the Lord's prayer, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay? You know, all of us have problems, right? <clears throat> Are there any of you who has no problem? <laughs> all of us have problems. Whether about health, sickness, finances, marriages, or children, or jobs, right? But we need to trust God. Trust His promises. And do not go away or depart from God. Problems and trials come, and suffering, but it will help us to become better, not bitter. Right? So, are your problems make you better or bitter? So you need to discipline your thoughts in the right direction so that you can live the right way. Do not be careless. Careless. Philippians 4.8, you know, think on these things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are true, are just, pure, and lovely, and of a good report, think on these things. That is why it is important to read and memorize God's Word early in the day, you know. This will allow you to think on it throughout the day. And if you want to be a useful Christian, be a student of the Bible. Amen? Be a student of the Bible. 
Psalm 119 verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as is in all riches. And verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. We must guard our minds against heretical deception. And how can we do this? You know, read First uh, John chapter 4, 1 to 6 in your Bible. <clears throat> Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have not overcome, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are God. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby who know with the Spirit Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we should disregard false teachers and spirits. Amen? Know the spirit of God and depend on God who is greater than he that is in the world. And according to First Timothy 4, in the latter times, which is happening now, you know, nowadays, people will depart from faith. From the faith because of seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. So it's good that it's, it's, it is good to guard our minds. Amen? <clears throat> and maybe you think oh, you are not doing evil things. And maybe you think you are doing good things. Maybe these good things are not the best things God has for you. In your life, do you see any areas where something good takes priority over that which is best? So you choose which between good and best. <laughs> right? What is the best? You know, when you know in your in your life we need to do something in our life, we need to do something in our best, right? To obtain excellence, right? We need to do something best. Let's, uh, it's, I think it's uh, in the book of uh, Proverbs that whatever we find things to do, we, we should do it with might, right? So, <clears throat> for example, do you have friends or you're dating someone who only say they are just Christian? Yeah? But uh, it's not living like a Christian. Living like a devil, maybe. And causing you to compromise. You might think that relationship is good, but it's not God's best for you. Okay? Or maybe you have a good job, but you are being convicted that you need to do something else 
that God wants you to do, which would be His best, right? So do you have any preconceived beliefs that about God or His Word that may keep you from obeying what the Bible truly says? You know, in the Philippines, the Esther is coming, or the Good Friday is coming. There is a man in the Philippines, every Good Friday allows himself to be crucified on the cross in order to pay for his sins. And he might think that uh, he's doing something good, you see? But that is not what the Bible says. Amen? I know also the woman who would walk on her knees to the altar and the church, you know. And she thought this will glorify God. They think that if they sacrifice themselves, God is being glorified. That is why we need to guard our minds. Because we can be deceived that something is good, but it is not God's best for us. Maybe it is something he does not want us to do at all. To do it at all. So sometimes we think we already know what is best way. But we cannot conform our minds to the mind of Christ in our own power. You know, our minds should be conformed to the mind of Christ. Amen? Be this, let this mind be in you. You see? That's what the Bible says. And we can get strength sufficient enough for this task by conforming our mind to the mind of Christ. And it requires the called the sufficiency of God. Second Corinthians 3, 5, the Bible says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen? You know, we cannot do anything in our own. We must rely on God. You know? Because, you know, we are, we are saved by grace and we also being sanctified by grace. Amen? <clears throat> so we must guard our mind. How can we guard our mind? By filling it with the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? Meditate, and number two will go, and number three will go to number three points. Meditate on the word and memorize it. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. You know, in Psalm 119, it is the longest chapter of the Word of God, and it's the center chapter of the Bible. So, every verse in that chapter exalts the Word of God, and are only like two possible exceptions. You know, when you read Psalm 119, you can read uh, the law, thy law, thy testimonies, thy statutes, thy precepts, thy commandments, thy ways. Those words are refers to the Word of God. Amen? And uh, also the Bible in Isaiah says, you know, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. So we need to read those words, memorize those words, and we will grow. Amen? 
So it, it, it is important that when we meditate on the Word. And also, <clears throat> the Bible is God's book. Do you agree with that? It is the greatest book ever written. Actually, it's the best seller. Amen? In it, God Himself speaks to us. It is the book of divine instructions. And it also offers to comfort, comfort in sorrow, guidance in perplexity, advice for our problems, rebuke for our sins, and daily inspiration for every need. And the Bible is not simply one book. You know, it is an entire library of books covering the whole range of literature, includes history, poetry, drama, biography, prophecy, philosophy, science, and inspirational reading. You know, the Bible is verbally inspired and infallibly correct. However, unless you have a systematic program for reading and studying the Bible, it will help you very little. And I want to challenge you to read your Bible through a true Completely at least once a year. Have you done that? And you can accomplish by, by reading approximately three chapters a day and five chapters on Sunday. You know, there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. And if you will, if you will start systematically arise a little earlier every morning, you know, than you normally do for the purpose of reading approximately three chapters of the scripture each day, your life will be greatly enriched. Amen? You know, in the Philippines, I'm selling uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Amen? You know, Encyclopedia Britannica is the most trusted encyclopedia <laughs> in the world, you see? And uh, it has the phrase there in the, every book. You can read the phrase or like the their motto. Let knowledge grow from more to more. And thus life be enriched. See? Let knowledge grow from more to more. And thus life be enriched. So, but the Bible, you know, is our book. Amen? And we need to read it, memorize it, so our life also shall be enriched. Amen? This should be a minimum for every believer. Amen? To read the Word of God completely. Do this for the rest of your life. In addition, you need to meditate and study the Scriptures. You need to take time regularly for in-depth study of the Word of God. And this book contains problems, answer to the problems and needs in your life. But in order to get the benefit it provides, you must discipline yourself to study it. You know, studying is not easy, right? It involves hard work. Also, you need to memorize the Scripture. And I can say that the greatest thing I did early in my Christian life was was to memorize many of the scriptures. And now is your life is to be if your life is to become an instrument of the in the hands of God, read your Bible and study it. Take advantage of this precious book. Amen.
Let it become the very, your very life. Learn to preach and teach this book to others. And, and this book can truly change your life forever. And why should we accept? Someone has said, why should we accept the Bible as the final authority? Because the Bible, because the Bible has survived all unbelievers. You know, there are people, atheists, they said, and they want to examine the Bible to make a case, but later on, they got saved. And they write a book, a case for Christ, they said. Romans 3, verse 3 and 4, it says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yeah, let God be true, and uh, but every man a liar. And the Bible alone truly knows the greatest questions that men of all ages have asked. These questions are, where have I come from? Where am I going? Why am I here? How can I know the truth? You see, only the Bible can answer those questions. In Ezekiel 8, 18, 21 to 23, it says, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed, and keep thy all my stages, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely die. He shall surely live. He shall not die. You see? So we can see here the way of salvation and eternal life. The great subject of all the Bible do you know, is the Lord Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, the great subject is the Lord Jesus Christ in His work of redemption for mankind. The person and work of Jesus Christ are promised, prophesied, and pictured in the types and symbols of the Old Testament. So when you you say, oh, Jesus Christ is in the Old Testament, is the New Testament only. But, you know, you, you can also read all the Old Testament that is like uh, the angels there are, uh, they call it Christophanes, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, <clears throat> and the Bible, you know, and you know that Jesus Christ is coming again? You know, it is revealed in His Word. This is only the book that we know what that it's true and it will come to pass, you know. You know, the great purpose of the written Word of God, the Bible, is to reveal the living Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, it's important that we meditate on the Word and memorize the Word. Amen? We should meditate on God's Word because God's Word has power. Amen? Isaiah 55, verse 11. You know, I was a Gideon member in the Philippines. Also, I'm actually a life member of the Gideon International. Even when I was new here in Canada, I joined the camp here in Misaga. So we go to the different churches and also we give report. And this is the 
a verse that I, that we, I always memorize to give a report. In Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. You see, the word of God is powerful. You know, even our words has tremendous power. And we should be careful to utter words. Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, my kids in the Philippines, they went to a Christian school. And there is also a seminary. One day... You know, a pastor is preaching in the pulpit. Suddenly, a man went inside the church, went straight to the front of the church, and started shooting the pastor. The pastor tried to crawl under the pulpit, but the man killed him, and this happened in front of his students. Her daughter was the teacher of, of one of my daughters, and he, she told us, her father said before, that he wanted to die preaching. His prayer was answered. You know, word has power, right? I have another illustration, you know. When my eldest daughter, Jennifer, was three years old, you know, we are in the Philippines, we have a magazine which is called the Fundamentalist Journal by Jerry Falwell. In the magazine, I read about the school Liberty University. He's three-year-old. We're living in a one-room Nipa house, you know. And it's a Christian university. Then I called Jennifer and showed her the picture of the school and told her, when you grow up, you will go to this school. And you will graduate as summa cum laude. They will announce, Jennifer Gellar, summa cum laude. Oh, my child just smiled, you know. And I just said that, I forgot it. And uh, we have no plans coming to the U.S. or Canada and uh, later on, when Jennifer turned 12, so we came here in Canada. I forgot what I said before. When Jennifer decided to go to the university, we did not tell her to go to Liberty. She just went there and her friends to see the campus. And later, she decided to go there. But, you know, I'm working only uh, sometimes part-time, you know, uh, contract, contracts. I have no money to study there. That he will study there. It's good that OSAP, you know, also accepted there in the U.S. But she insists she will go there. She wants there because she studies psychology and she wants that, uh, you know, it is a Christian teachers, not about uh, olibolusion. So, okay, you go by faith. <laughs> and it is just a miracle that she graduated with little financial support. It's a miracle for us. And when she graduated... She was she graduated summa cum laude. Then I remembered what I said 20 years before. And it came to pass. You know, sometimes I call this, oh, it's a, a prophecy. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, it's a miracle for me that what I said, that I don't think about that, but it come to, it came to pass. You see? That's why, you know, the power of words. You should be careful in what you pray. Amen? 
God might answer what you pray. But God's word is all powerful. Amen? We, if we meditate on it, it will help us to love righteousness and to live godly. Amen? Almost, you know. Live righteously, number four. The Bible says in Second Timothy 3.16, All scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished in all good works. Right? So how do we live righteously? Our standard is the word of God. Amen? You know, on our own, we don't know what is good or evil. Nowadays, people call evil good and good evil. So how do we know? If we know the word of God, we can live a righteous life. Amen? You know, God's very character rests upon the authority and authenticity of the Bible. And First Peter 1.16 says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay? So when you meditate on the word of God, you will love righteousness. In Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how love I thy law. And verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And also in verse 44, So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And also in Galatians, it says, The walk and the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See? So how do we walk in the spirit? We must be led by the spirit and controlled by the spirit. You know? We have sins, but we need to repent of the sins. Which, it, which means turning from self and turning to Him. Turning from self and turning to Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we live a righteous life, we should hate sin. Amen? No matter how small it is. You know, there, there, there is, they call that uh, in Asia, you know, they, there is coconut there. You know how they, how they catch a monkey? They put a, uh, a hole in the coconut and put some rice inside and they put a string in the coconut and when the monkey comes examine the coconut oh he see the rice he put his hands inside the the coconut and when the captors come you know he is fearful he wants to run but you know there's a string and he wanna, he doesn't want to uh, to let go of the coconut with rice so you see that's what the same thing with us. Sometimes we have sin. We call it oh, just a little sin. Or a pet sin, you know. And we don't want to confess it. We not, don't want to forsake it. But, you know, in order to live a righteous life, we need to relinquish the sin. Amen? Like the monkey. The monkey is a picture of a person who will not relinquish the sin. Because of just a handful of rice. See? We have a little sin that will not let go. Sin is sin. Whether it's big or small, right? And we need to confess and forsake them. Sometimes we go to church, but we do not repent and get right with God. 
So when you live a righteous life, God is pleased and He is glorified. Amen? And you need to praise Him. What is in your mind today? Are you praising Him? He is worthy to be praised. Are we singing our song, you know? Praising our Savior. This is my song. Praising my Savior all day long. Do you praise Him? That's Psalm 119 verse 164. Seven times a day though I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. And verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Blessed art thou, O Lord. O teach me thy stages. So, what are some things that happen in your life that you want to praise God about? You know, in, sometimes in our church, we have testimony time. People doesn't want to speak out about their testimony. You know, in Psalm, in Psalm 107, to, Psalm 107 verse 2, the Bible says, Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Amen? You know, when you give your testimony, what happened to your life, what happened, how God answered your prayer, you know, God is being glorified. See? That's why if you are always doing, glorifying God in your life, you know, God will always answer your prayer. But if you don't testify, you know, God is not glorified. So, that's why sometimes we don't have answered prayer. Also, I remember when my wife was laid off, she was on EI, which was also an answered prayer because she wanted to stay home and take care of the kids for the first time in her life. Also, did not work for almost a year, but when EI was finished, she wanted to go back to work, you know, because it was winter and he doesn't drive. She didn't want to go out. So while she was cleaning dishes one day, she just prayed. Oh, God, he said, oh, Lord, I want to go back to work. But, you know, I can't go out. Just let the phone ring so I can have work. And within a minute, a phone rang. And that's how he got the job until now. See? We should be thankful, you know. What happened in our life, we need to be thankful always. And the Bible says, and everything give thanks. Amen? So, as I close, I want to uh, read Joshua 1.8. You know, that we should meditate on the Word of God. Joshua, Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, this is only, you can find success in this book, in the Bible, in this verse only. Joshua 1.8. And that is by meditation and the word of God. And if you want to live a successful Christian life, meditate on the word of God. If you are not saved today, the Bible says repent 
and get saved. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior.